I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. The home playoff game in Orchard Park. It's all so confusing to me. I have to be quite frank. Anita Marks with you. It is We Can Wager here on 98.7 ESPN. Brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports. So, um, again, we just heard that was Adam Schefter. Obviously, the big news uh, yesterday was that uh, the Bills in the Cincinnati, Cincinnati game from Monday has had been canceled. And then today, the owners met to try to figure out, you know, what do they do uh, in the postseason, there was some talk and speculation that they would open it up to an eighth team to make it in. And then uh, the uh, the number one seeds, of course, then would not get the bye. Um, but now Adam Schefter uh, explaining exactly what the owners have decided to do. Uh, the bigger storyline as well is that Damar Hamlin is uh, off of uh, the breathing apparatus and uh, and, and actually had a, a, a FaceTime, a Zoom with the Buffalo Bills today. So that's fantastic news, obviously. David Behrman joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. I call him our gatekeeper of everything gambling at ESPN.com, our chalk site. David, hello. It's been a minute. How are you? Good, Anita. How are you? How are you doing this evening? I'm great. Just trying to figure this whole thing out. I, I, I've tried. I even write it down. You know, I feel like I'm a visual person. Like if I, I write stuff down at like I, like it sinks in better but i just i don't i don't know i don't get any of this stuff so uh, i'm just gonna i'm just gonna roll with week 18 i'm just gonna roll with i'm just gonna i'm gonna go with the flow whatever you tell me you tell me where they're playing it doesn't matter does home does home field advantage even matter anymore when it comes to gambling let's be honest i, I mean i think i think it does when you consider the, what the weather could potentially be in buffalo yeah, for weeks from okay. now we've seen with, wait, wait, see, but at the end of the day the best teams in the NFL, for the most part, rise to the occasion and, and win. You know, obviously, when you have games last year between Kansas City and Buffalo, it went down to overtime in the coin flip, and you know, then then all of a sudden, the winner had to go play Cincinnati, and that changed some things. And you know, Cincinnati rose to the top last year and won on the road. So, does home field matter? I mean, I think it matters in the scheme of played all season long to earn something, and you know. There's a lot of discussion about NFL decided and what's right and what's wrong. At the end of the day, the only thing that matters is, to me is that, that Hamlin's alive, he's breathing, he's talking to his team, and, and everything's good there. Everything else afterwards is, is ancillary. But I do believe that the wake of not knowing what the right answer is with them not completing that game, which I do believe is the right was the right decision, I think NFL, there is no – Perfect answer. Um, in totality, the Kansas City Chiefs win tomorrow. They will wrap up the one seed, but did they earn the one seed considering Buffalo didn't get to play that extra game, so therefore you could have a neutral site game, yada, 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 on and on. You heard what Adam said. Uh, at the end of the day, the Buffalo Bills to get the one seed. It's unfortunate that they obviously weren't able to finish that game, so I think the NFL did right by saying, hey, Buffalo, if you win – 
on Sunday versus the New England Patriots, like you're not getting the one seed that you deserve, but you're not going to have to go on the road to Kansas City. We'll play at neutral site yet to be seen. So I think that was the right decision. The whole Baltimore Cincinnati coin flip thing that that kind of you kind of lose your mind trying to think about it. But at the end mm-hmm. of the day, better talking to his team. Games we played on on Saturday and Sunday, and and we'll figure it out from there. I'm not sure whether adding an eighth team was something that was really serious or not, but at the end of the day, this is what we have. And like you said, they're going to play football on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, with that being said, um, like we, we do, we have got, we have two games uh, tomorrow. I like the Raiders getting the points. Uh, you and I have been friends for quite a while. I'm sure you remember. I was really big on Jared Sidham coming out of college. Patriots drafted him, saw what he was able to do um, against the 49ers, which was pretty impressive. I do believe Kansas City wins, but um, I do like the Raiders getting the points. Same situation with Tennessee and the Jags. I do believe the Jags win, but I like Tennessee getting the points. You're on the Tennessee side as well. Why is that? Um, I just think that's too many points to give for, for a team that, yes, the Tennessee Titans have struggled mightily over the last six weeks, losing six consecutive games. But you also have to look at this was the team that was looking to be the number one seed in the AFC six weeks ago as they were right there, a game behind the Kansas City Chiefs and Buffalo Bills after losing in overtime at Kansas City. And this is a team that was the number one seed last year. And I know they're not nearly as good as they were last year, obviously losing in the playoffs early anyway. I just think this is too many points to give a Mike Vrabel team uh, that happens to be extremely good in these situations. We have to think he's going to come up with something with the entire season online. I know he's missing Ryan Tannehill, and you're throwing Josh Dobbs in there for only his second start. Derek Henry has been banged up, yada, yada, yada. I just think, you know, with all due respect to the Jacksonville Jaguars, who have earned the position to be here at home with a primetime game and a touchdown favorite to win the AFC South, if you watch and you look at the totality of the season, the Jacksonville Jaguars are not a touchdown favorite over Tennessee. So I, I'm going to take the points here, and it would not stun me to see Tennessee win this outright. But, of course, having done what they've done the last six weeks, the momentum was all with Jacksonville. I just That's not a team that I lay six and a half, seven points with. And I'm, before we move on, I do agree with you on, on the Chiefs-Raiders game. It's not my top game, but I do agree with you that Taking the points is the right idea there. I think the Chiefs do win and get the opportunity to wrap up the one seed and, and home field through most of, of the AFC playoffs. Uh, but I think there's just too many points. And the Chiefs are not the team that you lay points with um, in the NFL a lot. You know, double digits is, is, is something that you don't regularly want to do in the NFL. I know this is nine, just under ten, not double digits. Uh, but the Chiefs have historically not been a very good team laying seven or more points, especially on the road. So I'll take both nine points with the Raiders and the touchdown with Titans tomorrow. Um, again, David Behrman joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, my favorite play heading into this week is the Pittsburgh Steelers minus two and a half. For a number of reasons um, and a no- number of motivational factors, uh, they're still alive in the playoffs. Uh, Mike Tomlin not wanting to finish with a losing record. Um, I can go on and on, but you're you're on the same side I am here as well with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Why why are you on the Steelers this week? Well, first of all, I just think they're a better football team. They're better than the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns have packed it up. They're ready for the offseason. Sean Watson is off the best game he's had since he returned uh, last week. I just don't think they're a very good football team right now, and the Steelers are. The Steelers are showing that. A Mike Tomlin team is, is not going to give up. Uh, if you had told me 
six weeks ago that the Pittsburgh Steelers would, would have a chance for the playoffs in Week 18. I would have said you were crazy. They're not. We're not a very good football team, but here they are uh, playing extremely well, uh, especially on defense. The offense is still has leaves a lot to let to be desired. This is going to be a low-scoring battle between the Steelers and the Browns. Um, I do think the Steelers are going to come out on top, and they are clinging to hopes that both the Dolphins and Patriots lose. At the end of the day, I don't think they're going to get in. I think the Dolphins will beat what's left of the New York Jets. Uh, but I do think the Steelers win this one going away and setting themselves up for if there is an upset in Miami and in uh, and if, if the Bills roll over the Patriots, the Steelers could claim that last playoff spot, which is in fact something you would have not thought was possible a few weeks ago. Um, I'm I'm with you. Um, and then of course you know we've we've got the Detroit Lions and in uh, in Green Bay Packers. Uh, later on at night it's just it's kind of bittersweet to me right like no more like no more Monday night football although you know it's great for the month of January we've got Saturday football as well but again no Thursday night football just it's just it's a realization to me that the season is coming to an end Um, but on Monday we do have our college football championship which is huge, obviously. TCU go to, against Georgia. TCU getting twelve and a half. Same situation here as well. As you know, I, I feel like there's a con, there's there's a continual theme here, and that is I like TCU getting the points. I like them getting the twelve and a half, but I do believe that Georgia wins. Do you have a play in this Monday night matchup? I'm actually siding with the under in this one. I think the number's a little high based on what we saw in the semifinals, which were two awesome games that were way over the total, and they weren't even close to the total line. I think this number's a little bit inflated. Listen, Nato, we haven't seen the, the Georgia that we're used to seeing. Um, I think they can come in here, and are they going to completely shut TCU down? No, because TCU and, and Sunny Dykes, they're, they're a great football team. Um, I, I, I totally believe that they were going to stay in that game versus Michigan, and they kept you know punching back against Michigan every time they scored, and I think the entire nation was woken up by the fact that TCU is for real. I had I had taken them sometime mid mid November, uh, sorry, early November to 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 make the playoff and got paid off nicely. And I did have the points last week. As far as this one, um, I think there's a real chance that Georgia. You know, you saw what Kirby Smart said at the end of the last game. You would have not known they won that game. How how upset he was at the way the team played and. Um, I think, you know, when push comes to shove, this is the national championship game. SEC champs, Georgia, will show their medal. I think TCU still gets their shots in there, but, you know, I'm iffy as to whether I want to take the points or not because I could absolutely see Georgia rolling, but I've been on this TCU bandwagon for a while now that I could see them staying in the game. Ultimately, I think Georgia is the best team in the country, and they will win back-to-back titles. Uh, But I don't see this one being a shootout like you've seen uh, in, in the last, the two semifinal games uh, on New Year's Eve. I think this might be a little bit closer to maybe a 28-10 to 10 type game, maybe 28-17, which would lead towards TCU backdoor covering there. Uh, but I do see Georgia winning this one in a little bit of a lower scoring affair. Before we, we let you go, you and I, really big golfers, we love the PGA Tour, and this week uh, teed off, no pun intended, uh, their season. Um, and it is the Century Tournament uh, of Champions going on right now in Hawaii. Top of the leaderboard, Colin Morikawa, 16 under. 
and uh, following him, you've got the best names in the business, right? Scotty Scheffler, Jordan Spieth. Uh, I have John Rahm going into this tournament. I had John Rahm winning this. Of course, he was at the top leaderboard after round one. He's now tied for sixth, 11 under. So he's five shots back. He shot a 71 today. So that's not that's not too fantastic. Uh, but also coming in, I liked Aaron Weiss. Um, I liked Tom Hoagie. I liked Power. I liked Decky. I liked Poston. I liked Harmon. I liked Sanjay M. The gala as well. So needless to say, I'm doing really well in DFS. <laughs> I just need, I need, I need John Rom to win this bad boy, but it's, it's exciting that the tournament uh, and of course golf season kicked off this week. Uh, who did you like heading into this tournament and who do you like heading into the weekend? Yeah, it is exciting that golf is back. It, it feels like it's been longer than necessary for it to come back, but it's great that they're teeing off down in Hawaii. Uh, pre-tournament, I took Justin Thomas at 11-1. to He's had two straight minus three, so he's a little bit too far back for, for my liking. I also took Hideki Matsuyama at 40-1, to and he's he's T12 right now. I don't, I'm not sure either one of them win. Um, I was also high on Sun JM, top 10 finish, and he's right there outside the top 10. Heading to the weekend, and, and you know what I like to do on the show on Friday nights. I like to find someone who's hitting the ball extremely well but hasn't made a putt, hoping that the putter and the flat stick can finally turn it around over the weekend, continue the good shooting, and, and then roll to a victory over the weekend. And there's two names that caught my eye as I was looking at the stats just before going on the air. And I mean, we're not reinventing the wheel here. These are 30-something of the best golfers on the planet. Uh, but Scotty Scheffler, currently first tournament, Tee to green, and he's 32nd in putting out of 39. So he has not really made a putt yet this tournament, and he's two shots back of Colin Morikawa, who's done the opposite. Morikawa, who's usually horrible with the putter, is leading the field in putting. And you and I have discussed this before. If Morikawa's putter is hot, he's going to win every single event on tour. Can he keep going with leading this tournament in putting? He'll win this. But as you and I know, the putter can flip on and off overnight, and Scotty Scheffler hasn't made one, yet he's only two shots back. That's how good he's hitting. And then young 20-year-old Tom Kim right now is another two shots back, and he's second tee to green behind Scotty Scheffler and is last in the field currently in putting. The guy makes a putter, too, and Tom Kim at 20 years old could run away with this as well. So those are two names that I'm looking at right now, Tom Kim, is 14 to 1 to win, but 160 to be in the top five. And Scotty Scheffler, 3 to 1 to win, um, and minus 275 for a top five. Obviously, Marikawa has the lead and keeps putting this way, he'll win. But I think Scotty Scheffler or Tom Kim has have shots for the weekend. Yeah, Tom Kim, that is a name to know. I think he's going to make some a lot of noise uh, and, and have a lot of success this golf season. You can guarantee I'm going to be putting a ton of money on Tom Kim this season. That's for sure. David, always great to hear your voice. Always great to have you on, uh, on weekend wager. Appreciate you, my friend. Uh, happy new year. And, uh, and, and a lot of, a lot of successful gambling for us both in 2023. <laughs> Thanks, Anita. Thanks for having me on. And um, let's hope that uh, while well, I'm sitting here, in my basement watching a Miami Dolphins victory on Sunday. Well, your mouth to God's ears. Uh, M- Mama Mimi would 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 agree. <laughs> David Berman again joining <laughs> us here. Uh, quick break. We come back. Jason Fitz will pop on board, do a deeper dive into that college football championship. 
Uh, that coming up next. We can wager here on 98.7 ESPN. Brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports. 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Welcome back to Weekend Wager here on 98.7 ESPN. Jason Fitz joins us for the first time on Weekend Wager. Ex- excited to have him on to break down the TCU uh, Georgia championship game that's coming our way on Monday. Uh, can't wait to watch this bad boy. I'll tell you what, uh, we've been totally, I, I feel like, and myself included, right? Like I was all over Michigan. I just feel like we have doubted these purple frogs uh, the majority of the season. Um, do we continue to doubt them? Uh, the line is Georgia minus 12 and a half. The over under is at 63. So Jason, um, how are you playing this bad boy? Yeah. So you are a thousand percent right. I also had Michigan and here's the thing that I didn't anticipate from Michigan. I didn't anticipate that Michigan would forget what Michigan was good at. And if you go back and I, I've rewatched about two thirds of the TCU season after watching it as it happened over the course of the last few days, And undeniably, TCU has been really good at times and really lucky at times. They have managed to find ways to win when teams have forgotten who they are or teams have made mistakes. I mean, you look back at Michigan and, you know, the way they turn over the football, the special teams gaps, and then even more importantly, Michigan had a huge size advantage up front that they chose not to use even late in the game when I thought, you know, it got back down to a three-point game. I thought Michigan would just sit back and, and pound the ball down their throats. They didn't do that. I think Michigan, frankly, got outcoached in this football game. I don't think you can outcoach Kirby Smart and this staff in this game for Georgia. They know where they are. They know what they're up against. They know how to handle these situations. Georgia is susceptible to give up a bunch of yards. That is very true. But I'm not going to believe that Georgia forgets who Georgia is. And that's a problem for TCU because they're just flat out top to bottom. They're bigger, faster, stronger than TCU. Uh, in regard to um, in regard to a, a a total sixty two and a half, that's a lot oh, yeah. of points. And uh, you know, one one thing in, in in doing my research in regard to my analysis in this matchup, and and that is 
Georgia's defense, very different than Michigan. And one stat stands out to me big time, Jason, and that's um, contact rate behind the line of scrimmage. Georgia, 45% of the time, gets the running back behind the line of scrimmage. Eighth best in college football. Michigan, only 30% of the time, 93rd ranked in college football. And I think that's going to be a real big um, issue when it comes to TCU. So just out of curiosity, points-wise, uh, over under 62 and a half. Uh, yeah, I go under. And where TCU wins is in shootouts, right? If TCU can get you into a track meet where they're making huge plays and you're making big mistakes, then TCU can win. And it's funny because on our digital pregame show on ESPN before uh, the college football playoffs, what I said at the time was, man, the one thing Michigan doesn't want to do is get into a shootout. You don't want to have to match them point for point because they're really good at that situation. But Jalen Carter, who everybody is starting to fall in love with because, frankly, we're all looking at mock drafts already, Jalen Carter is bigger and more talented than Jordan Davis in the middle of the line. And when you actually think about that, Jalen Carter was neutralized against Ohio State. I think it's one of the most stunning parts of what we saw in the Peach Bowl was that Ohio State had a plan and a way to really collapse the interior of the offensive line. I don't think that that, TCU is going to be able to do that. So Jalen Carter is going to be a disruptor. That entire Georgia middle of their front seven is going to be disruptors, which is going to make it hard for Miller to get running any sort of momentum running the football. It's going to be right up in Max Duggan's face. This all makes it more difficult to get rid of the football. So where Georgia is susceptible, their corners, especially a man, Quentin Johnson should be able to get some big plays. The problem is how do you hold the ball long enough for Quentin Johnson to be able to get open? And I don't think there's, a good analogy there, and then a good situation there. And then on the other side of the ball, one thing that Michigan struggled with, and, and this was one of the bigger surprises, is that TCU plays a really interesting 3-3-5 defense where they're sending their second layer from all over the place. And as they send that second layer, you really have to anticipate what gap's going to be filled by whom so that you know how to counter that. Michigan didn't have an, uh, an answer to that, which considering how long they had to get ready for TCU, I think, again, speaks to the fact that they just thought they can line up and beat them down. I don't know against a quarterback that we all joke is a little older, more experienced than Stetson Bennett. I think he's going to do a better job of manipulating the protections up front, which is going to give Georgia more opportunity. I, I think this is a more lower-scoring game than most people think because I think Georgia's going to want to control clock. They're going to want to control tempo. They're going to want long, grinded-out drives. And as a result, they keep TCU's offense off the field. And the fact that you won't be able to handle them at the line of scrimmage means I, I like Georgia, I like the points, and I actually like the under. Jason Fitz joining us here on uh, on ESPN, breaking down, of course, your national championship coming your way on Monday. Um, okay, I want to I want to dive into some prop bets with you. This is where I I love prop bets. You know me. Um, and so let's talk about a few that are already listed here for this game. A few things. Number one, Georgia's pass rush not that great, especially with, with Nolan Smith not playing. Right. So I, I think a lot is is going to be on Max Dugan. Um, also. Um, you know, you've, you've got a Georgia offensive line that's seventh best in college football in pass protection, and TCU is ranked 100th in college football in regard to pass pressure, getting after the quarterback. So with that being said, uh, so Dugan over one and a half touchdowns as well as Bennett. Uh, Dugan over 233 and a half passing yards. Uh, Bennett is 278 and a half. 
in any of these that you are going to play with the over-under, I do believe how these teams are going to score points is through the passing game as opposed to the rushing game. So I'm on the over in a lot of these. Any of these prop bets in regard to the quarterback position interest you? Yeah, I like the over on Max, uh, again, because Quentin Johnson can get open deep, and it's amazing. There was a play in uh, the semifinal game where, you know, Quentin's coming over the middle, and it's a really easy tackle for Michigan to make. And if they tackle him, it's a fourth down, punting the ball, whole game looks different. Instead, it breaks into a 76-yard touchdown. Why? Because they under-anticipated the speed of somebody that's also huge. So that happens in these games, and if you look back at TCU, it happens a bunch. So Quinton's ability to go deep and, and really to take a mid-level pass and make it a deep pass, I like the over for Max passing-wise. Seth is a lot more interesting to me because, again, I think Georgia is going to try and come out and slow this game down a little bit. So the question is, is he going to get over? And I think he's at 278 and a half is that number. That feels aggressive for me. I'm actually on the under on Stetson and on the over on Max, which is only funny because, again, I think Georgia wins this game uh, running away. But uh, I, the, the yardage for me on Stetson Bennett, the yardage, that, that number is high. Uh, it's the, You're asking a lot in this game, considering I think they are going to try and slow the pace of the game down. Um, last uh, quarterback prop for you, um, Max, over under 27 and a half rushing yards. We've seen how masterful he is uh, when he's scrambling with the football. Do you think he has a lot of success against Georgia? Yeah, that's over, 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 over. I am such a fan, and I, I don't care right now if we're talking about the NFL or college football. The over on quarterback rushing has become this year one of the easier bets to hit constantly on these props. Like, I feel like everybody underestimates. And plus, we live in a world where when you start talking about 27 and a half, you need two big runs that are off schedule for Max at any point in this game. But when you start talking about just rolling out and avoiding the middle of that defensive line that I think will be able to sort of stand their ground in that situation, that leaves the opportunity for Max to have to run around, Max make a play. That gets pretty easy, to, that over for me. I, I am a big fan of taking the over on quarterback rushing props, and this one will be the same. Um, last one for you before I, I do, before I let you go, I, I know there's an NFL play that you like heading into Saturday's matchups. I want to, I want to tee that up for you as well. But um, you mentioned Quinton Johnston uh, for him to score a touchdown plus plus one twenty. Okay. Uh, receiving yards is over under 87 and a half. Any of those play uh, that uh, in, in any of those, those prop bet plays you like. Yeah, hundred percent, because he's going to get over that. Like I'd be, I'd be stunned if he's not in the hundred, 110 yards receiving. Mm -hmm. And yes, he's certainly going to get a touchdown out of this. So I think those are pretty easy. Like it feels like we have underestimated the star here in Quentin Johnson, who, by the way, again, if you're an NFL junkie and you're watching him for the first time, watch him. You're talking about somebody that by the time we get to the draft is likely going to be a top eight or nine pick in the draft. There's a reason he's a size advantage on the outside, especially against Georgia. He's still going to be a size advantage and sneaky speed. Yeah, I, I, I like him in the 110 yards, uh, you know, two touchdown range wouldn't surprise me at all. I love it. And again, you can get it over 87 and a half at minus 115. So what does that mean for those inexperienced betters? It means you're laying $115 to win a hundred dollars. Um, okay. Before we let you go, Jason, again, Jason Fitz joining us here. Uh, let's, let's talk about, I know there's a Saturday game that you're eyeing. Listen, as of right now, there's very few and far between, uh, that, that I feel really confident about betting until we really understand the landscape of how the NFL is going to move forward, considering that they canceled 
the Cincinnati Bills game. But nonetheless, Tennessee going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jags favored by six. The over-under here is 40. How are you playing this matchup? Yeah, this is 100% all in on Jacksonville. I'm surprised they're only uh, six and a half, so I think where I got them, I, I am surprised that that was the number because the Titans are in full implosion mode. And I know a lot of people don't watch the Titans, so I'll just tell you that their defense has been decimated by injuries. Uh, their offensive line is one of the worst in the NFL this year. They're starting Josh Dobbs at quarterback who – uh, you know, came in last week uh, about eight days after he was signed off the practice squad because Malik Willis isn't ready to play at all in any level. The Titans are essentially mailing it in at this point. That's stunning when you talk about a team that could win and still win their division. The Titans are going to get absolutely destroyed in this matchup. Their defense is susceptible too. So I like uh, I like uh, Lawrence to be able to have a big, big day passing the football. Uh, I like ETN to be able to go off. And I think Jacksonville is absolutely going to embarrass the Titans on national TV on Saturday night. I am confident in this one. There's a lot of incentives in this matchup as well. Zay Jones, wide receiver for the Jags being one of them. Uh, and we're talking about $250,000, 500, almost a half a million dollar incentive. So I like over four and a half receptions might be my favorite bet for Zay Jones and over 49 and a half receiving yards for, uh, for him as well. Uh, really great chemistry between him and Trevor Lawrence this season. And, and I do believe that uh, Trevor does look his way to make sure that his guy gets paid. Pay that man his money. Um, Jason, um, so great having you on. Uh, we got to do this more often, my friend. Anytime. The bat phone is always answered for you. You're the best. I appreciate you, Anita. You got it. Happy New Year. You too. All right, I want to thank Jason Fitz, of course, for joining us. You can hear him uh, nationally on ESPN Radio. Also contributes to all our chalk, our gambling columns on ESPN. And really thrilled to have him on uh, and, and excited about this national championship matchup. Again, Georgia favored by 12.5. The over-under is at 63. Still a lot more coming your way. You're listening to Week in Wager here on 98.7 ESPN. Brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. 
Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to We Can Wager. Brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports. And we got Fat Jack, professional handicapper. FatJackSports.com joining us on the program. So a, a lot a lot going on here heading into, you know, of course, this week and with the cancellation of the Bills and the Cincinnati game and, uh, you know, who's playing for what. And there's just there's so much going on here. Um, let's start first and foremost with that Kansas City Raiders game on Saturday night. Right. Uh, what a good one this is going to be. You've got a Raiders team, Jared Stidham now quarterbacking. Uh, and they are favored, I, I should say, no, Kansas City. I'm sorry, Kansas City is favored by nine, nine and a half in some places. How are you playing this this first Saturday afternoon matchup, Fat Jack? You have you have gone down the rabbit hole, Anita. I mean, you definitely <laughs> have gone down. I mean, you are in the rabbit hole trying to figure out where those things go and where our next meal is coming from. Here's what. <laughs> here's my advice to people. Remember this. When it comes to sports gambling, 17 and 18 are very – very specific on how they roll out teams with nothing to play for outperform teams with something to play for on a six out of 10 basis. If you have teams not, not playing to make the playoffs versus teams that are making the play, make the playoffs since 1990, the teams with nothing to play for, but a trip to Cabo have covered 63% of the time, bad teams outperform good teams as it relates to the number over 62% of the time over the last 15 years. I would encourage you to get out of the rabbit hole, quit worrying about the actual games from a from a, the, the repercussions, I should say, from a standpoint of what happens if and when and all that, and try just to – week 18 is the deep end of the pool. If you're a sports gambler, Vegas does not give money away. It's hard enough even without what happened on Monday night. Now with that, that added information, you can really get lost in the information. And we don't want paralysis by analysis. So I would say keep it simple for sure as we head into this last week of the regular season. All right, let's dive into Saturday. Uh, we've got two games, Kansas City going up against the Raiders. Kansas City favored by nine on the road in Las Vegas. Over under is 52. I have to tell you, Fat Jack, I love Jared Stidham coming out of college. And I'm thrilled that he's getting this opportunity. Uh, with Josh McDaniels uh, in uh, in Las Vegas, how are you playing this bad boy? I'm I'm leaning towards yeah, the Raiders. Is he the, is he the new Tom Brady? I mean, that's the thing. I mean, Jared Stidham is on his way up in the league for sure, and we don't know. But what we do know is that we have a Kansas City Chiefs team that all year long, especially under Andy Reid over his last few years, when they play mediocre defenses to bad defenses, the totals go under. It's the opposite of what you would think. When they play good defenses, they go over. The only exception to that is against this Las Vegas Raiders team, the only average team they played from a defensive standpoint that the total has gone over. But I suspect what you're, what you're saying is that this game's probably going to stay under. When it stays under, you look underdog. And that unknown, and we're going to have this in a ton of these games. I mean, we have teams up and down the line of Washington couldn't decide as of yesterday who they were going to start at quarterback. Some of these guys that we know very little to nothing about are creating value with the line versus these more established winning programs because everybody knows, including the line setters, who should win, who's going to play their, their starters and who's not. But the reality, we get some value playing the underdog here. I'm with you. Vegas has been pretty good at home, covered five of the last six. I think they keep this game close. Not saying they win. I like it more double digits than I do in that 8-9 range, which is going to be where it's, where it's a hovering right now. But even with that, I think this game's a touchdown game. Give me Vegas plus the points. 
Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you there. Uh, the later game, really exciting one, right? Tennessee going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is what it comes down to. Winner wins the division. Uh, the Jags at home favored by six and a half. The over-under is 40. And as we know, Jack, um, the Tennessee Titans were able to rest players last week. So they're coming in, especially Derrick Henry, ready to go. Josh Dobbs expected to be the starting quarterback for Tennessee. Um I think the Jags win, but I think the Tennessee Titans keep this close. I'm I'm on the Tennessee side. I like the Tennessee getting the points, and also I like the under here at 40. Are we are we are we speaking the lang- the same the same language here? Yeah, I like it a little more. It's a little saucier whenever we disagree on things, but I can't I can't disagree here because of a couple of things. That recency bias we talk about, and the comfortable comfortable ability, if that's a word, of playing one side of the of the other is absolutely in play in this game. Dobbs, the quarterback, you aren't getting near what you're getting with Trevor Lawrence, especially recently. Looks like he's taken that next step. Jacksonville's looked great over the last month of the season. Everybody's looking at who wins is the most important thing, but people forget about that number. All that's baked in. We, I'm, I'm exactly with you. I think Jacksonville probably wins the game much closer than people think. Uh, Tennessee never gets recognition from what they do from a coaching standpoint on down. They rarely get great quarterback play. They do it with everything else. They do it with defense. They do it with the running game. And they keep games close. They muddy things up. They're like New England where they just make things ugly. That's always going to lead toward underdogs. And with that recency box, what Jacksonville's done, I think there's absolute value here. This game should be four, four and a half for sure. Tennessee plus the points. Jacksonville gets the win. All right, let's let's take a look at as you said, right? I, I let, let pull me out of that deep dark rabbit hole. Let's talk about the games that we know are going to matter in regard to the grand, uh, the landscape of of the the postseason, and that is Cincinnati at home, favored by seven, going up against the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, all expectation, obviously, is that uh, Lamar Jackson is not going to play. But, you know, Cincinnati having to regroup and, and come in and play after such an emotional uh, situation that happened, happened to them last week, I just, you know, I love Cincinnati. They're peaking at the right time. I've already put mon- money down on Cincinnati, potentially possibly winning the Super Bowl. But I just, I don't, I'm staying away from this game. In, any play here for you, Cincinnati favored by seven, over under 40 and a half? No, it's one of those to hold a gun to my head. And I have to pick. Like, it's a difference between throwing out who you think might win and who you're going to put 10000 on. And I don't know who walks up to the window, which becomes part of the problem, and that's Baltimore in this spot. I mean, they're not the type of team in the type of situation where you, you would want to put hard-earned money on them. But the re- reality is the other side, Anita, we don't really, with Buffalo and Cincinnati, lesser Cincinnati than Buffalo, but exactly what that reaction, we don't have a lot, any data on what happens when we see somebody go through what they went through on Monday night and how these players respond and how they react is a big part of that. I expect Cincinnati will be easier to get back on track and get back going. But even with that, they've been really good against the number. I don't like spots in week 17, 19, where we have to act like Vegas is just giving away free money. And I don't know who walks up and plays Baltimore. That keeps me off the game entirely. If you made me play it, I'd probably lean towards Cincinnati just from an X and O standpoint. But those type of assumptions will get you in trouble in week 17 and 18. So, yeah, absolutely no play for me. You made me play just a lean towards Cincinnati. Same thing with Buffalo and, and me as well, even more so, because, you know, obviously it was, yeah. it was Buffalo Bills player here in this situation. They're at home, favored by seven. The Patriots needing to win to get in as well. Again, uh, you know, I'm, I'm staying away from this matchup as well. Uh, what say you? 
Yeah, and, and Buffalo, and New England, this is exactly what they need. They need a Buffalo team that, even if they come back and play well, this is not the worst matchup in the world in the world for New England. They typically do well in this series, especially at Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo keeps games lower scoring for the most part. People think they have a high-powered offense. The reality is they go under more than over, and that's exactly what New England has to have, a close, low-scoring game to win. They're not great at quarterback. They're not doing great, great things on offense, so they need that. Um, I would say there's that with everything happened Monday. I think there's much easier spots. Let me give you a bright spot: the New York Football Jets. All right, this is exactly what I'm talking about, Anita. You have a Jets team playing for absolutely nothing, playing a Miami team that is playing for something in South Florida. Yet, lo and behold, the line has jumped the fence, and, and Jets are giving a point at a point and a half. This is a head scratcher line that Gerald Public is going to file in on Miami for exactly what we talked about. Jets beat them 40-17 to 17 early in the year. They play great defense under five of their last six. Miami needs a shootout. That when we were bragging about the Dolphins midway through the season is because they were scoring a ton of points. Jets hold them down both at home and on the road. By the way, I'm in South Florida right now getting ready to jump on a plane to London, and it is cool down here. Not super hot right now, not super humid. That obviously benefits the Jets if that holds into the weekend, which I think it's going to. That's a much better spot to try to figure out how long it takes for Buffalo to get out of what they saw enough to play football to not only win a game on Sunday but cover the number. Yeah, and the fact that the Miami Dolphins just signed Mike Lennon, who was god-awful for the Giants last year, should say enough. Um, I, I like the under in this matchup at 38-and-a-half. Another another game that's really important is the Pittsburgh Steelers at home minus two and a half. Them having to win uh, in order to get in. The Cleveland Browns, their season is over. And there's some talk and speculation that this might be Mike Tomlin's last year, as we know, has never finished with a losing record. There's added motivation there as well. Defensive-wise, they've been playing extremely well since T.J. Watt has returned. I like the Steelers minus two and a half, and I like the under here at 40 and a half. Any play in this matchup? Yeah. You can go broke betting against Mike Tomlin. He's great as an underdog. He's good with lesser talent. He almost always outperforms the market with what he's got. The times he does it is when his, his team just turns the ball over. And, and they, these receivers are coming along. They're playing better. They're getting better on offense. And their defense is certainly, you know, competent for sure. Um, I'm with you. I, I, Cleveland, especially offensively, who knows what you're going to get? They're not scoring any points since they, you know, they got the quarterback that, that, that's playing and not not producing for him, making millions and millions of dollars. So if you can't score, you play right into what some of these teams this time of year, especially, need certain types of games to be competitive. The Pittsburgh Steelers cannot afford to get games into the 30s. They're not going to score a ton of points, but if you don't score a bunch of points against them, they will outcoach you, they will outplay call you, and they will outperform you late in the game. I think that's what happens here. I'm with you. These are two teams very similar on paper, but one of them a much better coaching situation. I think a much better quarterback situation at this point in the year. I like the Steelers as well. Again, Fat Jack, FatJackSports.com, joining us here on ESPN. Uh, the NFC East, very interesting how this is all going to play out, right? Because all four teams are playing at the same time. Uh, the Giants getting 14, I could tell you for a fact, uh, all the stars are going to be resting for the Giants. They have no gas in the tank, and Brian Dable wants to get them ready for the postseason. Meanwhile, the Eagles playing without Lane Johnson. 
uh, which they're two, nine and 22 straight up without him. Uh, Jalen Hurts dealing with a bum shoulder. 14 points is a lot. Meanwhile, for the Dallas Cowboys, they're going to be scoreboard watching uh, because uh, the only way that they have a chance, of course, of, of being winning the NFC East is if the Eagles do lose to the Giants. Which I don't believe that they do. I just don't like the, the 14. Give me the Giants with the 14. Dallas favored by seven. Any way that you are playing this NFC East scenario? Uh, no, the only the people who watch the scoreboards are us. We're going to care. And Dallas <laughs> watch the scoreboard. They're going to they're going to turn the ball over more than one time to gain throwing interceptions. I mean, for those of you who are Cowboy fans out there, you aren't again living a pipe dream if you think this team's going to the Super Bowl. They are great defensively. Parsons has been an incredible addition, but you can't turn you can't throw one an interception per game actually over that, which is what they're doing offensively, and beat anybody that's really good. So they're going to lose. Now, it's a matter of what, from what seed and how, how upset everybody is who's a Cowboy fan. I'm not a Cowboy hater. I'm just telling the truth. Um, I would not touch that game at all. The other game, again, you've got, you've got one team resting, get ready for the playoffs. The other team maybe trying to get their momentum back or get things going the right way, but two touchdowns at a time. I would probably go ahead and lay the points in that one because I think a lot of people would say what you're saying, what are we actually doing here? How, how much risk do we put our starters into in that situation, but Philly has a lot to play for. They can rest players late if they get a big lead. I suspect they will because of the motivation for the Giants from a personnel standpoint. So that'd be the only play in the game, and then a lead for the under in both of them. All right, last one for you before I let you go. I know you've got a plane to catch uh, heading across the pond, of course, and that's the Rams going up against Seattle. Seattle needing to win uh, to, to get in. Uh, they are favored by six. The over-under is at 41-and-a-half. But going up against the Rams team, granted, they lost to the Chargers last week, but this is the last stage, the last opportunity for Baker Mayfield to show what he can do, strut his stuff for an opportunity for a team to come knocking to be their starting quarterback next year. And I love what we've seen from Cam Akers as of late. How are you playing this Rams-Seattle game? And six out of ten teams that are playing for nothing but a trip to Cabo cover in the last week of the season since 1990. That's important to remember because every the, the number bakes in the fact that Seattle needs to win and that the Rams don't have to and all those other things. I think there's absolutely value here. This is a 24-20 type game uh, and with the Rams to have a chance late. They will play. When the ball is snapped, teams play hard. All right, coaches coach to win. Now, the fans, the GM, all those, they may have ulterior motives and want different things to happen. But players play to win and coaches coach to win. You're getting all the starters, all hands on deck with the Rams. I think they're absolutely in a good spot. You're getting a little value with how Seattle played last week. Other uh, people think they maybe they're back. I, I love what they did last week. I just think they're not going to cover this number. So, yeah, give me the Rams plus the points. Love it. Have a fantastic flight. Happy New Year to you and yours. Always great having you on ESPN uh, Radio with us, Fat Jack. Appreciate you. Uh, FatJackSports.com. Check him out. Uh, all the time, giving you uh, all the great insight on how you could win money this season, especially in the NFL. Fat Jack, thank you so much. And playoffs next week, and made a great time of year. We'll talk to you soon. All right, I want to thank Fat Jack, of course, for joining us here on uh, on Weekend Wager. Of course, brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk, believe in your game, believe in your bet, BetMGM Sports. Also, I want to thank Jason Fitz, who joined us earlier on the show, David Behrman as well. Um, and, you know, the cast of carriers, car- cast of characters, Seth Greenberg as well, uh, really getting you ready for an exciting weekend of sports, both NFL, 
uh, as well as uh, as college football on Monday. So, uh, and I want to thank our producers as well, Julian and Chantel, who, produce, who, who are producing We Can Wager tonight. Uh, um, change in regard to our programming tomorrow. Uh, I'm on from 6 to 9 p.m. on Saturday. Uh, so keep that in mind. An evening show for me on Saturday as opposed to noon to 3. So I will definitely see you then. Everybody have a great night. Um, and, uh, and again, I'll see you tomorrow night as well, right here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.